0: It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own talk and Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Hello and welcome to the LaneCast. We talk about all things impacting agriculture and rural communities. And today we are talking about a big problem that many farmers and ranchers and rural communities are facing just east of the Rocky Mountain Front. Traditionally, grizzly bears have stayed on the Rocky Mountain Front, but over the past few years, they have ventured eastward into the prairie lands where they have not been in quite some time. Time. And our guest today is a rancher from the Valier, Montana area, Trina Joe Bradley. She is the vice president of the Marias River Livestock Association. Trina, how are things going here today out on the ranch?
1: Pretty good. It's warming up and the cows are happy and the grass is growing.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about your ranch, what it consists of, what kind of cattle you raise, and what it's like living there in Valier, Montana.
1: We live on Birch Creek, so we have a lot of trees and brush, rocks, and so we have run a cow-calf operation up here, and we calved in the beginning of February this year, which turned out to be really stupid, but we made it through. In the summer, we usually haul most of our cows north to the reservation, and they summer up there, and the ones that we keep at home, we put out in pastures that are away from the creek so that they're safer
0: when you talk about being safer we are talking of course of a predator called a grizzly bear which is on the endangered species list still for western montana in the eastern part of idaho let's talk about these bear sightings that are occurring more and more as these bears move further east from the rocky mountain front How many bears have you seen alone here just this spring as they come out of hibernation?
1: So far, we've had six that we've seen.
0: And that's quite a lot for the springtime just rolling around. Am I correct on that uh, assumption?
1: Yes and no. Sometimes there's more. Two years ago, we had a bear here every single day at least. And then last year, I think we saw two bears the entire summer.
0: I think one thing that I would like to really share with our listeners, whether they are farmers and ranchers or those that live in rural communities, or maybe they're in the city, farmers and ranchers, they're conservationists. They are the true environmentalists. I just want you to clarify, you're not against grizzly bears. You're not against wildlife and protecting species, but there's an extent to where your patience and common sense comes into play as you as a rancher need to defend your livelihoods and your families as well.
1: Exactly. I like seeing bears here. I think they're really cool and they're fun to watch, but they're not fun to watch when they're in my yard or in my cows or threatening my way of life. I like to I like to say that we provide a place for them to live we provide a place for all wildlife to live because we don't have 50 houses sitting here we have a lot of pasture land and creek where they can roam but there is a line and they have crossed it unfortunately
0: i think another area that listeners maybe should understand too is the ability for you to try and protect your livestock from grizzly bears. If you're out hiking and you have your dog with you and you are just out in the back country, if a bear attacks you, you have the right to defend yourself and your dog. This is the law. But if they're out there attacking one of your cows or sheep or anything like that, you legally cannot defend your livestock, your way of life, and your property. Am I correct on saying that?
1: Yep, that's exactly right. And depending on the situation, the punishment will be more or less severe depending on how how they judge it. If if you were legitimately being threatened and you know, you saw a bear killing half your herd and you shot it, you probably wouldn't go to prison, but you'd still have to pay a huge fine.
0: What are the steps that you as a rancher are currently taking to try and protect your family from those bears coming closer to your home place, maybe removing carcasses from your property if a cow has died? What are some of those steps you are doing just to try and stay sane there by the Rocky Mountains?
1: We definitely remove the carcasses. We we don't participate in the carcass removal program, but we haul them a long ways from where our cows are and that kind of holds the bears up there for one and for two it keeps them busy while our other cows are staying alive closer to the house. We also have an electric fence around my daughter's 4-H lamb and he's in the yard but he still needs an electric fence so that he's alive. We also have three dogs because you can't live on this crick without having some kind of warning system. Um, we do not at this time electric fence around our calving lot because it would just our calving lot is so many trees and you know we we keep our cows in three different bunches when we calve and it's just it's not convenient at all
0: so you can say you were doing almost everything possible to try and keep these bears away from your cattle trying to protect yourselves and also doing everything so you don't have to kill a bear in defense of your own life, what are other ranchers doing uh, to protect themselves?
1: You know, a lot of ranchers do use electric fences, especially the ones out on the prairie where they can just pin their animals, especially the sheep ranchers. Guard dogs are getting to be a really big trend, especially on the Rocky Mountain front. I have a friend that runs eight guard dogs with his sheep, and they are completely and totally safe with those dogs around
0: for your operation itself how many cattle have you lost or or livestock to grizzly bears in the past few years
1: that's hard to say we in the 15 years that I've lived here we have had one confirmed kill it was a calf an orphan calf in our corral but we lose at least one or two off of our crick pasture every year that we can't confirm. And they don't, I mean, that many calves don't just die, but I'm certainly not going to go marching through the brush looking for them. So it's hard to say. The The flip side of that is sometimes they don't die because a grizzly bear eats them. Sometimes they die because a grizzly bear scares the herd and the baby calves get trampled, which has happened several times here.
0: Trina, would we be safe to say these bears are just becoming too comfortable as they come closer to these rural communities on the plains, and do you feel frustration that Fish and Wildlife Services and the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks aren't doing a little more to uh, help with that situation?
1: Absolutely. I feel like if they would have gotten on the problem several years ago, they wouldn't be dealing with so many conflicts now, But we have two different kinds of bears here. We have the kinds of bears that hang out in our yards and aren't scared of our dogs and aren't scared of us. And we also have bears that run as soon as they see us because they're scared of us. And those are the bears that I like to have here because they don't cause any issues. It's the ones camping in my yard and playing on my daughter's swing set that are the issue
0: and to talk about that the image of that grizzly bear on the school playground in Valir sticks in my mind these bears are coming grizzly bears not 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 just black bears grizzly bears are coming into these communities and children can not even go out on the playground and play
1: exactly and it's not like they come at night the the bear that was at the or near the school in Valir was at 3.20 in the afternoon, right before school got out. So, I mean, you can't even say, well, it's daytime, so we're safe, as long as we don't go out after dark, because that's just not the case anymore.
0: That absolutely just sends chills up my spine, knowing that grizzly bears could be lurking in the brush, whether that is outside your front door or on the playground of your child's school. I would just like to take a quick moment before we jump back onto the Grizzly Bear discussion and remind our listeners that the Montana Stock Growers Association will be hosting their mid-year meeting June 14th and 15th in Dillon, Montana. It's two days full of agricultural meetings, a foundation cattle baron gala, and of course the 500 horse parade and barbecue cook-off and other great events, including a Nashville concert as well. For more on registration and the agenda details, just visit mtbeef.org. Now, a quick message from my farm broadcaster friend, Susan Littlefield. (music) Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on the Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and other podcast apps. Now, back to the show. Continuing our conversation on Grizzly Bears with our guest today, Valir, Montana Rancher, Trina Joe Bradley. Now, Trina... You attended the Northern Continental Divide Ecosystem Subcommittee on the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee meeting not too long ago. And I read your blog that is on the Marias River Livestock Association webpage, and you were just one of two ranchers that attended the meeting. Let's talk about that experience, what you heard, some of the concerns, some of the bright spots, and what the public and other ranchers should know about the decisions and the plan moving forward to help keep these bears away and keep them in the wild.
1: I was encouraged by the meeting, actually. Um, It started with Gary Bertolotti from Great Falls talking about this area in the carcass removal program and how successful it has been this year, and it has helped a lot of people and then most of the meeting was about uh, the changes and updates that they made to the draft conservation strategy that they wrote in 2013 and that's the agreement between all the different government agencies on how they're going to manage the bears after delisting and it was really it was really nice to see that they had put the time into updating it and updating the science and updating the numbers and saying yes we are well prepared to delist these bears they are very much recovered
0: looking ahead what would be as a rancher your suggestions a common sense suggestion and steps to delist the bear we saw and heard the good news of the interior department's decision to delist the yellowstone grizzly bear as they have recovered with over 700 bears in the Yellowstone ecosystem and the bears are recovered there on the Rocky Mountain front and into Idaho what's that common sense suggestion you have to those that are making the decision to delist these bears and it's not going to go into a slaughter I think that's the biggest thing is people think that hunting season is going to open up and they're going to kill all the bears that's not anyone's goal
1: right and I honestly don't care if there is a hunting season or not and that's how most people actually are because all we care about is managing the problem bears and I don't care if they're hunted or if they're just removed by wildlife services and FWP it doesn't matter as long as they're not here so I think if if ranchers would just step up and make their voices heard and I hate to say the word educate but they need to educate the public on what it is that we're going through on a daily basis and understand that we don't hate bears, we just hate the ones that eat our livestock.
0: On that, you truly, your hands are tied due to the fact that the bear is still on the Endangered Species Act. How has that handcuffed you in trying to manage that and having to work around the law that is the Endangered Species Act?
1: It's really difficult because there's a fine line on what you can do as far as hazing and getting the bears away from your cows and your sheep and and your yard so you have to be really careful when you're chasing them basically to chase them gently and not hurt them and it's kind of ridiculous I mean we had two bears in our yard last year i think and they weren't they they weren't scared i went out there with them and they were just hanging out in my daughter's playhouse and i couldn't do anything i mean there's absolutely nothing that i could do except try to scare them away and that really i mean my daughter could have been out there
0: the mental and physical drain on a mother and on a rancher how do you deal with that i i honestly don't know how you do it
1: it's it's super frustrating I mean I get up every morning and I before my daughter goes out to feed her lamb we look outside and make sure the dogs out there and make sure only the dog is out there and when I go out to feed in the morning I put on my boots and I strap on my pistol and when you're outside you're on high alert the entire time. I mean, there's no just wandering around daydreaming. I mean, you have to watch behind you, you have to watch in the trees to your right, you have to watch in the trees to your left, you have to watch your dog and see what he's watching. I mean, it really is stressful.
0: What have you heard in terms of the plan to try and get these bears delisted? What is what is the time like looking like now? I heard rumor like twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, 2022, somewhere in there. That was the hope to get these delisted to help in the management process. Has there been a, an expedited process possibly on that since we are moving forward with the delisting of the Yellowstone grizzly bear?
1: So I emailed Hillary Cooley this morning. She's the Fish and Wildlife Services grizzly bear recovery coordinator because I wanted to make sure that I had the the steps correct. So at the meeting, they talked about their conservation strategy. So what what happens next is the NCDE will take their conservation strategy and present it to the interagency grizzly bear committee in June at their Poulsen meeting. And then they'll have that ready for when the bears get delisted. On the flip side, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services is still working on their delisting proposal. And Hillary said they're hoping to have it out for a public comment by this fall. And then, of course, it has to go through the public comment period. And then they have to take all those comments back in and consider them, just like they did in Yellowstone. So it probably is still a few years out.
0: As a rancher and as a leader of the Mariah River Livestock Association, you take a lot of your time away from your family, away from your ranch, to stand up for other ranchers in this region and to help educate others on your position on these bears. What message do you have for ranchers? I know you mentioned that they need to educate themselves and, and help spread the message, but what is one thing that a community member, a rancher, whether that is on the Rocky Mountain front east of there or maybe way over in eastern Montana, what can they do to help you out as a rancher in your area in the situation that you are in so your daughter can go outside and and not have that fear that there might be a grizzly bear in her playhouse?
1: We just need people to step up. We need people to speak up. We need people to attend these meetings. I mean, the meeting that I just went to in Kalispell, there was me and there was Nina Bacchus, and we were the only livestock producers in the whole room. And then several environmentalists who have an opposite opinion of us so we just need to make an impact I mean even if people don't stand up and say something at these meetings if there's a group of cowboy boots in that room instead of just me it makes a bigger impact even if I'm the only one that has something to say.
0: Trina, can you work with environmentalists? Are they willing to listen to your concerns, what you go through? Ha- have you had a good experience? Has it been bad? Do you see an opportunity to work with these environmental groups to have a benefit to these rural communities and to the grizzly bear?
1: You know, a year ago, I would have told you, I can't I can't even deal with those people. I don't even want to talk to them. I. They're, you know, whatever. But at the meeting before this one, in Missoula, I happened to meet a couple people from the Sierra Club and a lady from People in Carnivores and they were really interested in the fact that I didn't hate bears and they wanted me to come talk to their groups and explain to them what it is that I do and why I don't hate the bears, I just want them managed. So I think that was really cool and I think that's what needs to happen more often is we need to put our differences aside and work together because we all want grizzly bears to be delisted. That's that is everyone's goal.
0: I think that's an interesting point to make there. I think there's such a divide between consumers and ranchers and farmers, and at the end of the day, it's telling the story of agriculture and what we do. What's your strategy in reaching out to these other groups of people that all wanna do good? We all wanna do good. We all wanna make the world a better place, but we all have different mission statements in how we make this world a better place. What's your strategy?
1: For me, it's going to these meetings and meeting new people and handing them my business card and saying, hey, if you wanna talk about this some more, call me or email me or whatever. And it's it's writing the blogs and it's being on social media and just trying to get our message out there to the people that don't understand our way of life so that they can kind of see what it is that we do. And then they start to appreciate more our position because they start to understand what is happening up here.
0: How about the Marias River Livestock Association? Let's talk about the mission of this association of ranchers up in your region what is your goal what are some of the activities you do Uh, let's just talk a little more about the association up there
1: so Moraes River Livestock Association covers four counties and our basic goal is to support farmers and ranchers in their jobs I mean to make it easier for people to so we go to these meetings and we represent everyone that can't get there and we stay in touch with Fish and Wildlife Services and we stay in touch with the Bison Association I mean we just we try to cover all the areas that may affect livestock producers and stay on top of the issues and then inform them of the issues and what it is that we're in the process of doing.
0: And for more on the Marias River Livestock Association, you can follow them on Facebook or on the livestock.com webpage. Trina, I think we've covered quite a lot, and I hope that our listeners, whether they are farmers or and ranchers, or maybe they live in the city, hopefully this conversation opens their mind to educating themselves and, and working together to resolve this issue. Because I have a fear when I'm walking around our crowds and the outbuildings at our ranch just for rattlesnakes. I mean, they scare the crap out of me rattlesnakes do and we've killed quite a lot here this spring my dad has and just to know that you and your family have to pack a pistol on your side because of those problem bears that have come close to your homes they're too comfortable being around humans that's what scares me. And I just hope that this conversation and all of the conversations we have on the cast help open people's minds in agriculture and outside of agriculture to help make this world a better place. So anything else that you'd like to say?
1: I would just like to remind everyone that the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee is meeting June nineteenth through the twenty first at the Kwatucknuck in Pulsen. And I would hope that we would have really good representation from our agriculture community at that
0: meeting. Well, we will make sure and promote that meeting and maybe touch base uh, again after this. Again, Trina Joe Bradley, a rancher from Valier, Montana, also the vice president of the Marias River Livestock Association. Trina, thank you so much for taking a few minutes away from your operation to talk about that situation up in your home country. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for today. Make sure and subscribe to the Lanecast on your Apple device or on Google Play or on the SoundCloud app. That'll do it for today. I'm Lane Northland, your voice for agriculture. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with and Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane
1: Nordland Ag Broadcaster and Nordland Communications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.